Hi, folks. We apologize for the audio issues that we had when recording this episode. Uh, for some reason, we sounded like we're a part of an old record, but... And again, you know, it is about a World War II movie, so it kind of made sense. So turn your volume up a little bit more than usual and um, have a great time listening to it because we definitely were really proud of it. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Good day, one and all. Movie Theater Time Machine presents the epic classic Patton, the 1970 classic Starring George C. Scott. Take it away, Nick and Kaz. What the hell? It's right kid, man. What's going on? Yeah, you're on his territory, man. No, no, no. What's happening here? Who the hell is that? Why are you the only one of my Okay, bye-bye. All right, that was weird. I hope you enjoyed that voice. You guys get a lot of old people that walk into uh, your office and just like yeah, so we just and randomly know what start we're talking. Doing and what we uh, yeah, right. That's just weird. Know. We know what we did last yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Yes. And I'm Bob. I'm back again. Hey. Did. All right. Did so. All right. Today's movie, the 1970 classic Patton, starring George C. Scott. Uh, plays the famous World War II general, George S. Patton. I think he looks like Woody Harrelson mixed with uh, Kojak. Yeah. Yeah, you said someone else. And a, little bit of, right? uh, yeah. a little bit of Harry Morgan, but yeah. I think that's because the army thing. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. And the gray eyebrows, yeah. like, are those real? Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, feathers. Horse <laughs> <laughs> hockey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Happy man. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. You know, so... This movie, I mean, for the time being that we picked it, it's on Netflix. It is one of, it's, it's good, you know, there's a lot that, you know, we're going to talk about. There's a lot of jokes that are going to be made, but we just want to clear one thing right out of the gate. Uh, here it comes. Yeah. He's going to make the comedy thing awkward. <laughs> if you feel, I don't want to get any emails about this. If we're making jokes about something, we're not making jokes about a veteran, we're not making jokes about World War II, we're not making jokes about early soldiers, we're making jokes about the acting in the movie. And, okay, so now I got that out of the way. The more you know. <laughs> so, I feel very well informed. Yeah. Very, very well informed. <laughs> All right. So, um, you yeah, know, so we're recording this on Memorial Day weekend, and it's a privilege to be able to do that. Happy Memorial Day weekend, yes. one and all. Yes, Whee! yes, yes, definitely. So, man. Hey, if you want to um, get, if you enjoy this and you want, I don't know, more war movies, um, check out our last week's uh show which was well about a civil war movie a civil war comedy with buster keaton yeah that, that was the general, the general yeah. and um yeah the memorial day or it used to be known as decoration day finds its origins in you know decorating the graves of civil war soldiers so on, on yeah. both sides so you know it's related yeah. um, obviously buster keaton is more funny than this drama yeah and it does set it up to be a drama itself. And I mean, this movie, it's a, it's a biographical film. It has its flaws in my mind, but I can see why it's so heavily rated on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it was somewhere in the 90s, I believe. Yeah, 95% last month. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 95 and then 92 on IMDb. So, um, you know, this is really big. I mean, for Bob and I, we both had, you know, grandfathers who served in World War II. Yep, that's correct. Yep. So, I mean, and, you know, mine served in the Pacific, and I know yours served, uh, yours was in Austria, right? Yeah, my grandfather, he served over in Austria, he shipped uh, all around the world, yeah. but yeah, he, oh, really? in, uh, yeah. Uh, he transferred over to Austria, and that's where he brought my, my grandmother, and uh, <laughs> Any good stories, or is that too much of a... Diverting. Oh no, um, I mean the story of my grandfather, he, like I said, he uh, met my grandmother back um, around World War II. I think, uh, you know, they actually Did fell he, in love, but I think, oh, I can recall the story about that. Stockings? That, that was big shit back then, so <laughs> stockings or something? No, actually, I, I recollect, because uh, um, I actually had this conversation with my grandmother recently, who's going to be turning 90 this year, yeah, 2017, I was yeah. yeah, thank you. 
Yeah. And um, she was actually in a, a cafe, and she was uh, just with her girlfriends. And luckily, my grandfather walked in, or had been sitting there with his uh, company. Uh, happened to look over and saw this gorgeous woman, as my grandmother uh, told me in the tale. And, so he's um, like, hey, baby, exactly like that? Totally. Beavis and Bud, all the way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how they talk better. Like that, right? Everyone in the 40s, they <laughs> joined the army. <laughs> I say you like powder. <laughs> I have uh, some nylons. <laughs> no, silk stuff. Uh, it was silk. Uh, that was the yeah. yeah. Well, either way, they uh, they happened to catch each, each other's attention. And, uh, oh, yeah. He waited until uh, his company left. He approached the table, started talking with her, and that's where uh, the, the, the fire, the cracker, whatever you want to call it, started. The, the flame yeah. of love. The love flame. That's, that's where it nice. starts. That, yeah. that sounds no, really. like an eighties, could yeah. be an, bad eighties rock song. Yeah, eighties so metal. Flame of love. Heavy <laughs> <laughs> <Every> metal. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my grandfather, he was uh, serving in the Pacific, and he was a cook on the USS Argonne ship, and uh, in the Philippines, and now in the Sea of Japan. And um, he didn't have really many love stories. He just had a bunch of bizarre photos um, of just like, okay, you're old enough, let me show you these. And there was like Filipino native women. He's like, yeah, you know, I met a few of these women. And that sure was pretty much how far he went. Yeah. It's like, he told everybody that oh, story, okay. so it's fine. It's yeah. Like, it sounds like this generation is taking the strange photo with your uh, cell phone camera and they're saying, Hey guys, look what I did. Check out my cool photo I took on Strange Things. And everybody's like, oh my god, that's so cool. We should put it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah so I mean. <laughs> French postcard? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty the much, yeah. Something like a French postcard, yeah. Sexy postcard. Yeah. So, stockings. Yeah. 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 No, no. Or was it nylon or silk? Nylon came after. Yeah. Yeah. I think they came up with nylon, and then it was like, oh, now they can have their stockings without using up the silk we need for parachutes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was because of the war rations that became very rare. And last week, in the general, that train they crashed. I read that thing stayed crashed in the river, like a tourist attraction, until they needed the scrap iron or whatever. World War II. That's incredible. I mentioned that, but here it is again. It's related. Yeah. And since we are at this point, I mean, it's actually really good to get into that because we're talking about, you know, we've done, yeah, actually, wow, I didn't realize how closely we were at these last two movies. I mean, this was kind of picked because everybody else can see it. Um, but, you know, Hashtagging. We, yeah. We, we needed some good hashtags. Pretty much, see. yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that was the deal. So, then, no, let's jump, jumping into Patton. Patton um, pending. Yeah. Okay, I got my phone out of the way. Oh, man. Uh, Patton starts out, there's this unbelievable speech, and if you just stop, or pause this recording, and go to YouTube and just look up Patton Speech 1970. Giant flag behind him. And, Have yeah. I seen that parody? Oh, yeah. It, it's, been, it's been everywhere, so, I mean, go but do it. When, it, when yeah. it's not appropriate to use the giant Citizen King. Right. The giant yeah. thing behind me, you use yeah. a giant flag. Yeah, so go, actually, pause it. Go watch it. We'll wait. Would you like me to read a few uh, excerpts from it? Because I actually have to have it. Oh, can you do it in a fancy Go voice? Go ahead. I don't know yeah. if that'll be okay. Yeah. No, I, I can't do it in the same gruff as yeah. George C. Scott. Do it sophisticated, like, real. Yeah. I'll do it, do it in, in the best voice I can. Now I want you to remember that no bastard ever won a war by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his country. Men, all this stuff you've heard about America not wanting to fight, wanting to stay out of the war, is a lot of poor stone. That, that was actually very interesting. He said dumb? He said dumb, yeah. yeah. Americans, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was thinking, they were all like, oh, he swears like a sailor. He's actually very, very eloquent. Yeah. Uh, swearing the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Patton never really actually sweared in reality. Really? Yeah, he, he sweared to make a point, but he didn't really swear that much. I think um, when, when Bob's done reading the epic stuff, um, you, you need to make a point about what this is based on, because it's not totally yeah, objective. Yeah. Yes, continue yeah. epic reading, Bob. Thank you, thank you. Americans traditionally love to fight. All real Americans love the sting of the battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion 
Marble shooter, the fastest runner. Big league ball players, the toughest boxer. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Americans play to win all the time. I wouldn't give a hoot in hell for a man who lost and laughed. That's why Americans never lost and will never lose a war, because the very thought of losing is hateful to Americans. Yeah. They're, they're significant more, but honestly, yeah. it'll be here for like the next 20 minutes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, this movie is uh, in the research, and I posted a few articles on our Facebook page. Um, what actually, um, this was transpired by General Bradley, who is um, characterized in the film. Um, that was Carl Walton, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, very good actor. The guy with the glasses who yep. kept being like, hey, yeah. you're kind of extreme there. Yeah. He, um, General Bradley was a consultant for this movie, and he basically gave them the script based on his impressions of Patton. So he just, um, the producers of the film wanted to go to the families and wanted Patton's diaries and they wanted to use it to write a script for this. Um, the family absolutely said no, but gave the blessing to do a movie anyway. Who suppose was in those diaries? Yeah. Dear diary, <laughs> I love cupcakes and unicorns. Now Dear I'm going to go diary. blow people up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that no one sees this and makes a picture about this later on in my life. <laughs> but diary... Oh, you're my only friend. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff. I mean, about Patton himself that was really true. That's depicted. Uh, you know, he's depicted a little bit bizarre. I mean, you know, once I knew that Bradley, uh, General Bradley, um, basically gave them the entirety of the, the script himself, uh, based on his impression, I could see a lot of things differently, like where he's saying, like, he believed in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. You know, where he's like, oh, I was at the Battle of Carthage, I was there. Well, well you, you should have been, a, you know, a general for Napoleon. I was. You know, and there's just very much he's like, you're just saying, he's like, yeah, I was, I was this. And, you know, they, I think it just, it, I would have rather seen something from those diaries and then seen a whole movie on that. But maybe that's the 1990 version. But anyway, so... Did the 1990 version have access to the diaries? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have no idea, actually. There was one done in uh, 86, I don't know, I was checking on that. Oh, really? It was like a follow-up, I guess. It was like the huh. life of uh, Patton or something. Well, he didn't, he didn't really go very far, much further than that, but you know, we'll get into that later. I think um, in this movie we characterize him as, he loves war. It's yeah. the best thing since sliced bread. Pretty much, yeah. It's the bee's knees. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it starts out, I mean, they give us that really great speech, and it's interesting to know that the speech itself that's considered one of the most epic war speeches of all time, George C. Scott, who plays Patton, almost refused it. Like, he did not want to do this at all, um, because he felt that the speech was too good and it would take away the rest of the movie, so the director lied um, uh, lied to him and said, no, all right, we'll do it at the end. He went, okay, and then I'm when they released it, yeah, this. when they released it, it actually went, um, it went there and they put it right at the beginning and George C. Scott was pissed. He didn't want to do that at all. So, um, now that we have it here, um, all right, the, um, sorry, my phone's ringing. Oh, okay. Should I go grab it? I mean, nah, that's all right. Sorry, I think it shut up. Yeah, that's all right. I don't think anyone can notice it. Uh, well, we so, just said it, so. Yeah, <laughs> don't matter. They did now. <laughs> oh, I think Nailed it. <laughs> so, um, this starts out, basically, uh, Patton is brought in uh, uh, right after the Battle of Kasserine Pass in 1943, and this is the first time that the German army is against the Allies. So, well, they were against Britain, against everybody, but a British-led platoon mixing up of um, Americans and British soldiers, they just basically got their asses kicked. 
It, like it took out tanks. It took out. It took out so many casualties, and they the U.S. Army had to come together and say, "Okay, now what?" And it, it led to a huge development in technology. Uh, but he came in there and said, "Okay, what was left of the troops that he was put in charge of?" And then he found that they're really not disciplined at all, and they just really need to be, they need to be whipped into shape. Um, you know, even to the point where it says in the notes here, I uh, tried to find the discipline, even find a cook for wearing, for not wearing his army issued leggings. And now I think leggings, yeah. like, oh, what yeah. is that aerobics? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was that one way? of the, it kind of lost it here. Like, hey, he was like, hey, where's your leggings? General, yeah. I hung it up with my tutu, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> General, where, yeah, where, General, I'm a cook. Twenty dollar fine. Yeah, the pound twenty dollars. Oh yeah. God! And then yeah. it was the the doctor with the helmet, but I can't use my stethoscope with a helmet on. Yeah. Drill holes. Drill holes in it. Yeah. Drill holes in the helmet, and then you can use it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's. He seems like a zealot, kind of insane. You almost picture like one of those commercials that say, pass it on. <laughs> Drill holes in your helmet, then you can use it. Innovation, pass it on. <laughs> it's innovation. It kind of seems like it should be a meme of some kind. Oh, like yeah. Like an advice animal meme. Yeah, definitely. Patent use military hardware George's and appropriate for getting shit done. So... He then, you know, brings everybody together from the Royal Air Force uh, to try to do, say, like, why did we get defeated? What happened? And they say, okay, it's lack of air cover that basically did it. So um, one of the generals, Cunningham, promises Patton they'll see no more German aircraft. And he says, we will not see a single German airplane in the sky ever. But the the cue. yeah, cue immediately, <laughs> one second later, yeah. Luftwaffe um, planes are just immediately starting to go ahead and decimate the camp. But I thought one of the coolest things is like he's coming, he's like, oh, the hell with this. And he just like walks up out the window and just starts shooting with a handgun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then here's like, hell with it, dude. Boom, 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 boom. I think Why? Yeah, no. But the, one of the most disturbing things, this yeah. is a recurring thing that will happen throughout the film. That weird yeah. skinny dog? No, actually, that was the Budweiser dog. I love Budweiser. Yeah. Did they yeah. find yeah. a starving dog that thin? I was like wondering, or did oh, they... Oh, you're talking about in the intro. I'm the, sorry. The vultures. Yeah. The lost battle. Oh, yeah. They didn't even free the yeah, dog, so weird. obviously the dog's going to starve to death on a leash, and yeah. it's already what's starved. Like, well, you never know. I mean, they also have maintenance uh, maintenance camps that go through there and start... Did what, they film on location too. or something? I hope they didn't they starve the dogs. Well, I mean, it looked that way. They filmed in Tanzania. I thought oh, it was Tunisia. Yeah. Oh. Like the jazz song. Tunisia. Tunisi okay, yeah, I said it wrong. Yeah. yeah, you're right. That's where Star Wars was filmed. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, it's like Star it. Wars 40th anniversary. Yeah. Name drop. Okay. Well, that's war related, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to turn off Star my phone right now. It's going to be. Okay. All right, so. Yeah, going back, what I was yeah. trying to say earlier uh, was uh, a recurring theme that runs throughout uh, the film is that yeah. he has this gift of some kind to see things. Uh, in dream before they actually happen. And in reference to that scene, what we're talking about, yeah. one of the fascinating things was his ability. He was describing a dream he had the night before and being yeah. shot, as he's mentioned, uh, right in the middle of his forehead. Yeah. And the the fact that this plane comes out of nowhere and they're you know, depicting, oh, it won't, there will be no planes. And it's yeah. like, there's the plane. He literally right outside, outside the building. Yeah. He stood in the middle of that street. Shoot me at my nose, like, yeah. Right here, right here. And he's like practically pointing, telling the plane, go ahead, shoot me. And I was like, this guy's fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah, he's insane, dirty. yeah. But yeah. He, he has this beautiful, passionate way about himself because this is a yeah. individual, I don't know, like, I, I, the, the hardest thing was trying to yeah. show uh, his ability to express both compassion for his fellow man yeah. And his passion for war. And it's amazing to see that distinction throughout the film. Yeah. Just to watch. And I think there were some things that were left on the like left on the cutting room floor that would have explained that a little more. Because he's this warrior. And it's all seen there. Because in the next scene, the Battle of El Guitar, um, his aide, Captain Jensen, is killed in battle 
and um, you know, some of the second in command, General Bradley, goes, put him in my car. And they're all kind of standing there like, what? And then, you know, the, like, there's the next scene where there's no coffin, and he's obviously very distraught. But I'm thinking the entire time, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. Like, like can you, yeah, can you, like, instead of spending, like, they spent a lot of great time on the action scenes, which I thought were great. Epic, beautifully, oh, well, God, so like, well done. Like, yeah, there, there was one, like, well, we'll get to the point where the Germans came in there. But, you know, we're, we're the first big battle where he's fighting Rommel's squad. Um, and then he just, you know, it's like, okay, they do that. He's, he's obviously distraught. He puts the flag over his face, and then the, the cart is taking him away, and he's writing this letter to the kid's mom. And I go, who is this guy? Like, what was the relationship? It's never really explained, and until the colonel comes in and replaces him, but yeah, that. Did he care yeah. about his? Did he care about basically his pawns as that much? Because yeah. if they wanted to show that, I would say that um, him feeling bad over an anonymous kind of soldier would probably do the trick and show that. But I think what they were trying to show was him directly being like distraught over somebody who was his aide. Yeah. And then afterward, they say, "Well, yeah, he you know, he lost his aide. He's a little distraught." Like, Oh, okay, that makes sense, and um, they probably should have established a little bit. Oh yeah, like I—that's what I'm thinking. Like something is on the cutting room floor there that you know that didn't get in the movie. Um, but I mean, I, I don't yeah. need to interject. No, 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 against no. where you go, but I mean, yeah. like, in the, the letter. Did you see it differently? Well, fight, I, I fight, funny. Yeah. No fight yeah. here. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. But we're we Americans. We like to hug each other by punching our uh, each other in the face. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> They're married, by the way. Yay! Uh, uh, no, but for me, when I, that letter that he uh, wrote yeah. to uh, his, uh, it was great. It, it was beautiful. But yeah. I, I, that was one of the moments where I was like, here's yeah. a man who is so like, built for war. He has like he bleeds war. He wants war. Like, yeah. he, he wants to lead it, and he, he yeah. just loves it. I mean, I, some of the reactions after this, the, the war scenes is him smiling, and he's just. He's just living this glorified moment, like, this is my life. But yeah. in that moment, when he was writing that letter home for his age, it was so compassionate, yeah. so heartfelt. Like, I'm like, here was a man who was literally, like, reaching deep within himself to, like, express his gratitude because he was a person that was by his side through and through. And then it just, it was just, I was like, I was blown away yeah. just to see how this man operates mentally, like, uh, on yeah. a level of heart, a level of uh, his work, and his duty, it just is incredible. Yeah. He really was a brilliant person, like, oh, overall. Oh yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Did he yeah. go do stuff like in the trenches, or does he enjoy the kind of chess-like He did during war, He did during World War I when he was a colonel. And there's actually a really good point where um, MacArthur and uh, and when he was Colonel Patton, they actually met each other randomly on a World War One battlefield. Yeah, and then you know him here like, oh, Patton, yeah, they're here. They did it here, and they shook hands. And you know, then um, a few soldiers actually recounted the event years later, before you know, it was after MacArthur was fired in the Korean War. Um, so no, but I absolutely, absolutely agree with you with what you're saying. I would just uh, what I'm saying is I just wanted to see a lot more. Oh, you know, I wanted to see a lot more of that relationship later on. Yeah. He also quotes a lot of um, you know yeah. old timey ancient glorious battles. Yeah, which um, yeah. that impressed the shit out of me. Yeah. Like where you know he was like okay like you know later on in the movie where he's Do you have in, any hobbies? Yeah, I don't think so. But where he's in he's in Germany and he's like, okay. Call of Duty. Yeah. That could be his Maybe we should have turned the machine on and just grab uh, that. But no, we have to keep it off. Yeah, no. Very psych. No, we're no, we're joking. Alright. But, but you know, we're I think like he said there, he's like, okay. They had, the Germans have, an attack, have never attacked in winter since Attila the Hun. So this is what I believe they're going to do. Let's get ready for it. Yeah. You know, like he just, you know, with Hitler, you know, like Hitler's there. Hitler wants to make a big epic stance. 
we need to be ready for this. And the next scene, there's a you know there's a, a winter attack, which was really good. So um, they have this. Oh my God! This like we'll just talk for a minute about this really amazing battle scene that happens where it's um, his first test against um, uh, against Ra General Rommel on the German side. And, you know, the German forces are coming, and it's, a, like, platoon size at least, quote-unquote. And the coolest thing, like, I'm watching this, and I had a really long day um, with doctor's appointments and work. Um, so I'm just, I'm like, wow, this is a three-hour movie. This is amazing. But the build-up in that scene, like, the audio alone, when you see that, just, like, it rumbles, and it's a slow rumble. Right. Yeah. It just builds slowly, and then you know, like, that it's getting closer. It's getting closer, but the whole time they're focused right on they're focused right on Pat. Yeah. And then here, and it's just it, uh, it just rumbled there. It's okay. Well, they they can't see us. They haven't spotted us yet. But it seemed like all they're doing is they just have brush over the everything. Like they're just heading that direction, and they're just sitting there waiting. Like, come on, get us, like. I can honestly tell yeah. you, watching that whole sequence, yeah. I had a brief flashback to being a child and seeing episode one, Phantom Menace, and the uh, final sequence of the film, yeah. the droids were advancing against the, uh, yeah. uh, whatever the hell that Jar Jar Binks character was <laughs> in the film, his uh, <laughs> homeland, and you're seeing the tanks, and I'm like, wow, I wonder if yeah. Lucas saw Patton and thought that would be a great idea for Star Wars episode one, that whole sequence, just the whole setup for it, the build up the actual war sequence. And you was, know what? It was beautifully done. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, God. I thought that was, like, one of the coolest scenes. It was, like, right at the end, like, I got your rubble. I read your book. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm like, okay. Then I thought about it. And, you know, like, going back to business school and some of the things, like, I could follow this guy. Yeah. Like, I could follow this guy. I want, like, I want. You know, he's crazy. He's crazy, but he's getting the job done. He like, he, he he's doing. getting the job done. Like, it's just a smart dude. Like, yeah. I, I would trust him. I really oh, would. yeah. yeah he, like, he, like, knew what he, was doing. he knew what needed to happen. He needed to, you know, saw this, or why did they lose? They need to be whipped into shape. Yeah. He needed to get everything done. And, you know, so they're in North Africa at this point. They're trying to push the Germans back into Europe and off the continent. Because if they control North Africa, they control the Mediterranean Sea, they control a lot. They basically go ahead and they just wipe out all the supply routes. So that's the reason why they would want to be able to get that done. The good thing, I kind of felt a little bad. It's like, okay, he wiped out Rommel. And I, I like this really cool line. That's when he met, um, was it Lieutenant Colonel Codman, who became his, um, who became his aide yeah. at that point. And he says this really cool line where he's like, you know, it's like, well, R Rommel is Hitler's favorite general, and he was out here saying, well, I'm my favorite general. <laughs> like, if that isn't yeah. egotistical, I do not <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> here, I just like kind of muttered to myself, I'm like, America. Yeah. <laughs> That's really. <laughs> I wonder if his insane amount of confidence contributed to, you know, passing that confidence along to soldiers. Like, maybe I he's crazy, so. but yeah, it's kind of hard to. Yeah. Um, well, when you're in yeah. that point of just where it's really life and death at that point, you know, you really... Bird Yeah, yeah. Or like, cat. You need some... There you go. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to think of. So, um, after the success of this, you know, he, uh, General Bernard, um, Bernard Montgomery, they uh, take, say, okay, we're going to invade Sicily now. So, he sends a proposal for the 7th Army to go northwest, I'm going to trap the German for and Italian forces in this movement and basically take over Sicily and then he aims and successfully takes over the town of Palm uh, Palermo pa oh sorry Palermo yeah Palermo Palermo okay yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's it yeah yeah here yeah but suddenly I just got tongue tied sorry alright um, the Italian language will do that to your tongue oh yes it will and we've experienced that um, but it's the most ex uh, the most conquered town ever. Wow, how many times is this a Guinness thing? Yeah. Record? Oh yeah. It um, it was like first it was the Egyptians, then it was the Carthaginians, then it was the Italians. You know, then it became there. It's like a whole bunch of this. He's like, now comes the American army. I'm like, 
Ooh, didn't, America. Didn't Futurama have a joke about some planet that got conquered so much they were like, oh, welcome. Yes. Yeah, they did, yeah. Oh, you're in the Overlords. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So that one, they want to push forth into uh, the port of Messina, um, which is going to block their shipping routes and force the, the uh, German and Italian troops to flee the island. And this was always an aggressive move, but any, I had to look this up at why somebody wanted to take over Sicily. Basically... Delicious food? Well, yeah, that too. Spaghetti. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Mario! <laughs> But basically, like once they controlled that, they controlled the. They had a port to basically block everything going to North Africa and Southern Europe. So they they just controlled everything, and basically, Italy, he mentions that Italy will fall once we have Sicily, and uh, he never really fully gets control of Sicily. Um, but I believe they did. So at this point, um, there's several of the troops here, Patton. Uh, has a feud with General Montgomery, who's from Britain, mm -hmm. and he determined he makes the determination to be a war hero and deny he tries to deny the American chance any chance of glory. However, Patton's aggression doesn't sit well with subordinates, and you know therefore they start to push a little more. And you hear them mention you know Ike isn't really happy about this, yeah. and that was the general he reported to, who eventually became President Eisenhower. I was always impressed, like how. Yeah. How many back and forth those guys had, those guys had uh, yeah. Patton and uh, Eisenhower just because yeah. Patton in his own right always believed whatever he did at any given moment was the right thing to do, and if Eisenhower conflicted or challenged that, it's like well, I don't know what he's talking about. I do because yeah. I'm out here work with my man. You know, he had that at mentality yeah. of like it was always me. I yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. Listen to me, do what I'm doing. But I, I do give Eisenhower credit because I think there were points where. It wasn't yeah, so went, much no. that he was trying yeah. to like challenge it, but he was trying to just keep Patton uh, calm enough. It's like, don't push too hard, man, because if you push too hard, we're going to blow this thing. So right. for his part, it was always intended to just like keep Patton in his place, so he wasn't going yeah. too hard at, on his own ego, just trying to push and do yeah. too much. So And even a point even where... friendly suggestions <laughs> instead of orders, because yeah. orders would make them yeah. like... Yeah. You, man. yeah, there was even a point where he said it in the film where he's like, well, I've been, in the, I've been in this army 20 years and I'm given an order, my instinct is to say yes sir and carry it out. Right. And you know, do my damn just to carry it out. But then of course he begrudgingly accepted some orders, that's when his Sicily plan didn't go through, but then he went ahead and did something anyway. Even getting to yeah. that, that situation where he wanted to come out ahead of uh, Montgomery, like going yeah. into Italy. Yeah. There was conflict between you know, Patton and Bradley because Bradley was like, "No, you're gonna throw yeah. us in the shit, man. Yeah. You're gonna make it harder for us to even try and uh, succeed, but you're gonna come out the glorified winner." Because he's like, "Look, Patton, <laughs> we know you always want to be the glorified dude that comes out of this." And obviously, they didn't speak like that. My dad was speaking modern yeah. lingo, but, you know, <laughs> but it was well enough where Bradley was like, "Look, man, you know, we don't want to be." Uh, wounded and uh, have uh, so many casualties versus uh, you just coming out the glorified uh, hero of the whole thing. We want to have right. a more balanced approach. So, yeah. but you know, Patton can, uh, challenged uh, everybody and wanted to do yeah. his way, and he got his way. So, yeah. Even when General Bradley outranked him later on, that was one oh, of you know, yeah. you know, later on yeah. in the film, you know, there's like, no, you know, Montgomery's a part of this, but. I got you know, I, I can't have you do this, man. Yeah. You know, and that's we'll get to that point. So later um, cool, yeah. <laughs> later, um, while visiting a field hospital, there's many American soldiers and this is where you get kinda like you know, where to your point, it's kinda like where he has to be a general, but you also see he's a wicked hard ass in the some way that it took his pride. A bit, you know, where people are there, he's like, we're not going to have any yellow-bellied cowards here. Yeah. He was you're very, here. very... And, yeah. Um, if, you're wo if you're wounded, you're here. If you did your duty... You're then, fine. Then he's yeah. like, he whispers in that guy's ear and lays down a yeah. purple heart. And yeah. the other guy, he's like, you're a... The hell with you. You're a yellow-bellied yeah. coward slap. Yeah, yeah, and he slaps him, and that actually happened. Yeah. yeah. So it happened, happened to two soldiers. And, you know... I looked that up, and actually Eisenhower 
to pretty much like what the movie did, he um, he didn't fully relieve him of his of his command, but he didn't like he said, okay, you're still a general, you still have some abilities, it's fine, but you're going to apologize to that soldier and that family, you know, both the soldiers, but you know, here they make him. Uh, you know, apologize to the entirety of the unit, you know, that, that was kind of funny, actually, you know. Yeah, I'm here to make you see that I'm not as big a son of a bitch as you think I am. They all left. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, that, 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 uh, you got me, cool, all right, I'm with you. He's trying to level with them at that moment. Yeah. What got me watching yeah. that scene, though, is the fact that, I mean, while I completely understand the amount of people that were surrounding him at that moment to uh, hear him and see what he had to say. Yeah. I still was fascinated with the fact that, again, Pat always had to be glorified, standing out above the rest. Right. And seeing he's standing over a balcony. Yeah. He's overlooking these people, and there's even a shot that Cohen Camp did, was the uh, cinematographer on this film. He was absolutely brilliant, by the way. Yeah. He also did The Telling Inferno, another great film. Check that one out, out as well. And from the, or seeing it from the, uh, the army perspective of the, actually the, uh, soldier that he mocked and got slapped and he's looking up at him in that perspective I mean like one of the things I've taken away watching film over the years yeah. is that when you look at a character going up it's always the idea of like they're the uh, condescending character they're right. the one that's looking down upon Submission. you yes there you go perfect word for yeah. so if we were if we were a society of intelligent dogs it might be hey here's my belly I'm gonna pee a little thank god we're a society of humans so we just be like oh we'll just put you a little yeah, yeah. Actually, the, you, okay. Yeah. Now you're laughing. You can me there. <laughs> I need a minute to process that. One. No, they. Yeah. Uh, the, I said pee. That's all you need to know. It's funny. Yeah. Pee and poo. Yeah. Pee and poo. In the Orson Welles movie, we care. We covered a few about a month back. Citizen Kane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Citizen Kane. They actually. That was one of the first movies that they did that. You know, they, yeah, they did, but they did that upward angle yeah. shot in a few of the scenes. You know, that was one of the first big prominent films to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's basic. Noir, uh, they call. It. I think that was a big part. Noir, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Film that whole style. Of yeah, changing. it still carries too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that whole thing, you know, where he's like wanting to go ahead and apologize, you know, but you know, he definitely still showed his ego. So because of this, we're being too liberal. Uh, Pat and uh, his sideline during the D-Day landings, which really struck a blow to his ego. You know, finally the United States is bombing Europe. They're done with the Philippines. Japan has taken themselves off the map, so they head all over to Europe now and then just start really decimating. But there is something really cool in a little bit of time. It's like the kid who wanted to go to the concert but got grounded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yes. Well said, very well Throughout said. this movie, I keep thinking, because yeah. I've watched a lot of MASH, and I'm yeah. like, what would Hawkeye do? He's like the opposite. Yeah. He'd be like, dude. Yeah. Well, he would say yeah. that. Modern lingo yeah. again. Yeah. Magic. Yeah. General, come on, dude. Yeah. General, yeah. Yeah. I've seen theme, these kinds of themes. Yeah. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah, he would definitely. Yeah. That's one of those I was looking. I was looking. It's funny you say that because now I remember it. I was looking for Alan Alda to walk on the screen <laughs> yeah. and just kind of go like, wait. Like, no, that's they, have, they have that general who's all like, yeah, but you got a purple heart, and, and yes. Hawkeye's all like, yeah, but he's injured. Yeah, actually, it sucks. yeah. It's not glorious at all. And there was one of the best scenes in that whole series was the one where the general had his own little trailer and his son died in the in the hospital. Oh yeah. Of a post-op infection, and then he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, you know, your son died, and oh, it's here." And then the general has a moment of like, "What the hell are we doing? They're just pins in this room, you know." There's nothing, you know. This is important, and then he just he snaps out of it and goes right back to being general. I think Hawkeye um, kind of yeah. got the idea that you can't necessarily generalize the generals. Yeah. I mean. Right. Yeah. Because they, if they have to do their job, then. Yeah. I don't know. They gotta. They have to think of the bigger picture. Yeah. Even if it sucks. Yeah. One point we and you're right. Yeah. You're right, yeah, and that's true. I think that's also a part of what we see here. Because one point we didn't actually uh, come across yet, uh, but it has been seen here, is you see the German side of it. 
And I don't know if either you thought about it, but what did you think? Like, you see the Germans and they're speaking German. We watch it with subtitles on, so. Yeah. No, yeah. I really, I yeah. liked that. Uh, yeah. It was amazing the, uh, their uh, transition of thought because initially when we're introduced to the Germans, they're looking at the Americans like, hey, look, we won the first uh, fight against them. And uh, right. even one of the uh, yeah, generals or, uh, yeah. on the field was like, hey, it, uh, we have optimism because we won the first one. So guess what? There's a great chance we're going to like wipe them out throughout this entire war. The thing is they didn't anticipate Patton coming into the picture. Right. And what was fascinating, there was uh, one of the gentlemen Described to uh, uh, the general on the, uh, the Germans that this guy is smart, but he, yeah. he was like trying to find out intuitively, like how does this guy think? How is he What's approaching this like? Yeah, yeah. So it was really fascinating to hear his perspective and how they looked at him as a human. I mean, and for us, the audience, it really gave us deeper insight and actually made me even more believe in that this like Pan is like a, a really compassionate guy beyond yeah. the warrior on the field because he really had uh, a big heart. I mean, and the fact that I think uh, it was described, they described Patton the Germans as a uh, 16th century romantic. Right. Uh, yeah, like, not, say, it, Don not Quixote. built for this century. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah they thought it was and an acronym is the thing. Yeah. Don Quixote. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Definitely right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, at this point, you know, his ego's crushed. He goes back to General Bradley, who now outranks him. And, you know, he's like, I need command. Give me something. You know, before this war ends, I need to make something here. So Bradley gives him the Third Army, and Petten brilliantly goes through France, you know, straight into Germany and starts freeing occupied France town by town by town. Right? And he yeah, just, there are a lot yeah. of parades in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're cel they're celebrating as the town is freed, and they want like somebody to go. Where are you going? Uh, what is it? Where are you going? You know, where are you going, General? I'm going out to. I'm going straight to Berlin. I'm gonna whoop that paper making guy myself. Or, so or that's his Disney World, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Super Bowl. We're going to Disney. We're going to Berlin. Well, whip it myself, man. <laughs> Yay! So no, like, that was really yeah. Good. It was cool. Like. Yeah, yeah, it was there really fascinating go. There, because yeah. every new uh, yeah. place they enter that they succeeded, there was always a, a welcoming party, a yeah. parade of some kind, a medal that was given. Yeah. It was really fascinating yeah. how like, people of that time, they looked at, yeah. wow, this great thing happened, we should have a parade. Yeah. And there was always a new parade. <laughs> it didn't matter who did it, it was like, well, there's going to be a parade. And some new person came into the town. What's the yeah. modern equivalent? Probably something internet-y. Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like everybody posts about it or something, or yeah. Get on Twitter. Makes a comedy yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. Auto tuners. <laughs> Somebody just auto tuned the freeing of a town or something. Here they come. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, there he starts to get there. So supply lines are being moved. They start running out of fuel. You know, you have a little bit of, you know, later in the day, it's the Battle of the Bulge. And, you know, they, there's a lot of casualties. And you see Patton's compassion again. You know, he goes up to a captain. He's like, are you in charge of this unit? He's like, yeah, I was, but I don't have a unit anymore. And, you know, he kisses him on the forehead, just saying, yeah, you know, hell, sorry. You know, same as he did with the guy who was with an oxygen mask in the, you know, in the tent hospital. The one he gave the Purple Heart Yeah, to. that one, you know, he's like, okay, he's like, I, he, if you have a feeling he accepts the, like, his position, then what do these people do? And that always perplexes me, you know? I wonder if him whispering in the guy's ear, we don't know what he says, but I wonder if that has anything to do with the thing he says at the end. What were you saying? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know why he would say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, the whole thing yeah. about glory being fleeting or something. Right. Yeah, the glory is fleeting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the big famous lines for it. So, um, at this point here, so where are we, the, um, for my notes, um, so he begs him to go ahead and know that, so they wipe that out. So, at a war drive in Nutsford, England, uh, <laughs> yeah, he tries to go ahead. He has it's a speech with him. Yeah. Yeah. Cashew. 
And here's some. Almonds. Peanuts. <laughs> oh. We're not getting nuts. Brazilian nuts. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah. Uh, so he tries to go ahead and warm up to some ladies uh, you know, who are there in the crowd. Um, he forgets to, uh, well, I'm not really sure whether he forgot to say anything or about the about the Russians, but it was definitely kind of a you know kind of akin to today. Yeah, he yeah. he didn't acknowledge them. Yeah, as he was talking about the future of world powers. And he, right. Oh, he said that yeah. the world was made for like America and England to rule or Britain yeah. to rule. Right. Yeah. And the guy was like, "You mentioned the Russians." Yeah, Russia. Yeah. You'll hurt yeah. your, your diary. Today <laughs> I hurt Russia's feelings because she's such a bitch. <laughs> well, he hates Russians yeah. too. So. I'm so sorry. There actually is a really funny bit with it because there's uh, <laughs> the there's a yeah bit. there's a you know a little function there with a drive. Uh, it's over the post World World War, uh, and then you know they decide what they're gonna do. So after. The, you know the Germans. They start laying down their arms, surrender. There's a there's a direct <laughs> dinner, and he directly insults the the Russians well, through an interpreter, translator. and they're just like, I won't have a drink with you. That guy's a son of a bitch. They hear something. He's like, I can't say that. Go ahead, say it word for word. Go right ahead. Here, and then the guy insults him back. Well, he wants to call you. He says, you're a son of a bitch, too. <laughs> All right, I'll take that drink. One son of a bitch to another. I thought that was great. That was funny. <laughs> so, but, yeah. so, so which one of them is going to be carcassed? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Like, no, yeah, yeah. I'll drink no, with you. One son of a bitch to another. Yeah. I like that. You know, like, I guess they're friends right, now. Cool. Takes yeah. one to no one, bro. We should yeah. drink over that one. Modern yeah. lingo drop again. <laughs> but going so, back to, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. I mean, yeah. from from that event um, in which he slapped the soldier. Yep. After you know, just getting the uh, other wounded soldier in the uh, in Purple Park. Um, that was a really, it was brilliant because yeah. just the the impact of that scene. Yep. I mean, as a whole, like for him, that was purely ego on his part. Right. That soldier. I mean, I looked at that scene, and this is you know, being an individual who's been to counseling and being considered of one's feelings and others' feelings. Mm -hmm. Not to try and drown out about that. No, but I mean, it was in that very moment where that, that gentleman, that soldier, was at his weakest. He had lost hope, and he was gravely distraught. So, I look at Patton, and I think. This is a man that's a, sol um, a soldier. He's a general. He's leading these men. Where is your heart? Why not, instead of uh, putting that person further down, why not lift him up? Because <laughs> you, yeah. you want you want yeah. your your soldiers, you want your team, your group to rally. You don't want to be putting them down at that very moment where they are at their weakest. So the fact that he did that. I felt it was purely egotistical. Oh yeah. On his part. Oh, because, he had a huge ego. Because yeah. here's a, again a glorified individual who uh, only wants to be the hero. And then at that very moment, he could have been one of the greatest heroes uh, of all time, just from that one specific moment, that one event. But he took the incorrect road. Yeah. Opted to slap that soldier. Soldier. Excuse me. Yeah. And um, the repercussions were severe. Right. Eisenhower said. Okay, you're, you're done. We're taking you off. You're, you're no longer commanding. You're going to be uh, put, I guess, uh, in the background of sorts. And that's why he ends up uh, over in, uh, back over in Europe. And he has to do that uh, coffee, the coffee tea, an hour or whatever with those uh, women outside the church. Right, and, yeah. And he still ends up flubbing it up by not mentioning Russia, of course, as we just spoke. And, you know, it's just... It's all egotistical. It's like he's just so caught up in his own self that he's not aware that he still represents his country because he's yeah. too concerned about He's concerned about himself. himself. Yeah. And he completely... That's yeah. kind of interesting know? because if he's a general, he's probably thinking about the big picture, but... He yeah, should be. When it comes to the people, he yeah. thinks the small picture, which is basically me! Right, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you like Dick Salomon and Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of thinking of <laughs> I forgot 
forgot the line, but you, yeah. I, you just love the way it's said. It's just funny, yeah. It's yeah. Saying, yeah, you forgot about the most important part. And here, so yeah, so at the drive, yeah, he's meant to do that, but then he basically, with the reporters, he compares the the Democrats and Republicans of the U.S. to the Nazi Party, oh, and yeah. that's pretty much it. So he's really, really, yeah, he really put his foot yeah, in he's done. Was, wasn't yeah. it, didn't he yeah. say it was just like normal people joined the Nazi Party, like normal yeah. people just joined any kind of political party? Yeah, well, it, you but just don't do that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Or is that something we can kind of say now that uh, people weren't thinking right? Oh yeah, I mean it's so far, yeah. It's so far removed, uh, you know, from you know, for now, like we can say that, like, oh yeah, the, you know, well, the, that's kind of Nazi material right there. Well, even and, now people say stuff yeah. about, well, yeah. there are reasons why some people feel, I don't know, um, mm. disenfranchised or whatever it is that drives them into like terrorist shit. Right. Yeah, well, so true. People do talk about how it, yeah. how do people normal people end up mixed up and shit yeah. like that, but. But in his like, if we said that, right, they wouldn't be here. But this guy's the general in the United States military. You think he was getting soft yeah. on Nazis? Well, it, at that point, I mean, like they just defeated the Nazis himself, and it's like, wow, you know that? Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, that that would have ended a career immediately. You know, yeah. um, definitely anybody who is service. You know, you don't. And he says something with this, like it's not about the individual; it's about the group. You know, it's about the team. We're all a part of that. Absolutely. And you know, Patton's his outspokenness. He he loses command, uh, though he kept on seeing the jury building of Germany, and basically, you know, in historical context, he ended up being the. He, he ended up being one of the key players who created East and West Berlin and East and West Germany and the Berlin Wall as well. Uh, there's, you know... Do you, yeah. Refresh my memory, why the hell did they split Germany? Because that's, a, because that's as far as the Allies got and Russia was rebuilding the eastern side of it. Because oh, they, so. yeah, they started to come there, so they basically met at the middle. And said, okay, yeah, they do that. Run and Shirley draw a line down our apartment. Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much what they were doing. That's what that was from. Yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much, yeah. So, um, Bradley, you know, he says goodbye to all his officers, which was actually a touching scene. And then um, he uh, he's on his way. He's walking his dog, and uh, then he goes on the way and starts. You know, and others like, hey man, I'd like to have dinner with you later. Yeah, that's mighty thoughtful of you. Okay, sure. You know. I really like that dog too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. every time Willie, I saw yeah. that dog, like, because I know yeah. we talked about a dog earlier. Yeah. My dad, I was even talking about the, uh, the intro dog. Yep. Which is like a, uh, like a hound dog or a race dog or something. I the breed of dog it is. But the, it was a uh, greyhound, I think. Greyhound. Oh, yeah. so it was yeah. supposed to look like that? Yeah. yeah. Like it was starting, like some yeah. sticking out. Yeah. No, but this dog, um, yeah. the first thing that I, I, I came to mind was like, oh my god, it's the Budweiser dog. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, they ex existed back in the day. No way. Bull Terrier, yeah. that was it. Bull Terrier, right? Bull yeah. I kept thinking, yeah. oh god, I hope something horrible doesn't happen to this poor dog. Yeah. To teach yeah, him a lesson about, just, yeah. I don't know, compassion. Well, it was actually a really funny scene where he meets the ladies oh, and then yeah. he gets the dog out oh. there. Yeah, the dog, yeah. No, that's Willard. Yeah. That's yeah. Willard. That's Willard, the little tiny dog scares him. He's like, you're not Willard, you're Willie. Like, <laughs> I love that. That was a great scene. Yeah. That was really so, And it was a very much smaller yeah. dog. Yeah. Very funny. Pekingese. Yeah, a little Shih Tzu type thing or Pekinese. something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, they got the squished faces. Yeah. So they start walking out of the way. Bradley uh, gets him out of the way of a runway, a runaway ox cart. And this is um, foreshadowing the um, the general's actual death. Um, he died in 1945, and he is buried um, with other. He, yeah, he he died. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's buried in um, in Normandy, I believe, with other U.S. soldiers, and he didn't live much further than that. So it's unfortunate, but. Um, I think, you know, for a person like Patton himself, who was all war, he would have never transitioned to civilian life.
mm. ever. I mean, you know, for somebody who, you know, there was a pretty good time. I mean, that eventually there was Korea, yeah. but, you know, there was a pretty good peacetime after World War II. And, I mean, for reconstruction of Germany, I mean, this guy was a military person. I mean, he studied military. His family was military. Um, so it, it, all the way back to the Civil War, everybody had something. So uh, I don't know. You know, it was really fascinating too. Was, uh, yeah. Working, saying that one of the Germans yeah. actually even made note of that. Um, when yeah. They were, uh, they were That's right. Yeah. He even says uh, something to the effect, and I'm going to butcher his words, but something to the effect of Patton will not know what to do with himself after war because this is a yeah. man, as, as he, he said, just has so war. Yeah. In a much more yeah. eloquent way. This is a man who was built for war. He will lose his mind basically if he. If he has no war, if he has nothing to kill or go after or uh, consider uh, on the battlefield, he would just lose his money. He could go shoot yeah. donkeys. He shot donkeys. Yeah. That was yeah. a dick move. Yeah, that, that kind of took me out of it because I think there are some things. He couldn't cross the bridge. Yeah. There was a guy with a donkey car. Because yeah. oh, okay. of these two right. jackasses. Okay. Boom. Yeah. Boom. He also Jump shot a move. vulture. I don't remember why, but. I guess he didn't like the vulture. Somebody else didn't like the vulture, so he was like, okay. I think they were about to attack. I actually think that was a more humane thing because they were about to attack that dog. Oh, okay. So he killed those and then, you know. I uh, yeah, I, th I think that's what happened. But, you know. So but you I was, that, yeah. was that a, a donkey thing that also part? Yeah, well, that was a farmer. I know, mean, I was that, wondering if. That part was a dick move. You, you didn't mention the. Well, yeah, you mentioned it, but he had a prophet prophetic dream about being killed by an ox cart. Yeah, that he, yeah, he was killed. He was going to be killed by something. By yeah. something really stupid yeah. instead of yeah. dying gloriously in battle. Yeah, he had a car accident and he died twelve days later from the injuries. Oh. Yeah, so that that yeah, I think it was foreshadowing that and. For a biopic, it really, they I don't think they really wanted to get into that, but having yeah. him walk off and saying that the glorious, you know, yeah, remember you that glorious fleeting? Yeah, um, I actually can't remember the whole thing word for word, though. Well, uh, but yeah, it was about, yeah. Um, yeah, he's walking with Willie. Yeah, into, yeah. well, you want to say sunset, but it was like mid-afternoon. <laughs> right, yeah. But it was about, um, yeah. I think, Roman conquerors, or yeah. any kind of conquerors, um, enjoying their victory after and how the conquered slaves or whatever would follow looking bewildered and he'd be the victor would be in a chariot maybe with his sons or something and uh, um, then a slave would come behind from behind with a golden crown to put on the, the victor's head and then whisper in his ears something about a gl glorious fleeting right actually yeah, yeah if you would like I uh, did pull up on uh, Oh, oh cool. well, you like a just uh, nice. undermine me there. Um, but I just My beautiful to... reading. So this is from Wikipedia. Uh, Patton is last seen walking Willie, his bull terrier, and relating in a voiceover that a returning hero of ancient Rome was honored with a triumph, the victory parade in which, uh, and I quote, a slave stood behind the conqueror, holding a golden crown, and whispering in his ear a warning that all glory is fleeting. End quote. Yeah, I wondered if that had anything to do with the whispering of the Purple Heart Guy, but that wouldn't make any sense. I, maybe. I don't you know, know. But it is actually an interesting thought to ponder, though. Yeah, let's yeah. read things, yeah. the things that don't have things yeah. to be read into. Yeah, I, but it would be something like, you know, where it would say, hey, you know, thank you for that, you know, something like, remember what you did, you remember what you've done. But, you know, I think it, he would Enjoy have been. Now? Yeah. I think he would have been a person that would have said something like that. And so, you know, they say, hey, you know, glory is fleeting. You're going to sit there, you're going to lick your wounds, and you're going to say something or your grandkids on your knee. <laughs> you're going to say something about what they did in the war or what they did here. Remember this. It's okay, but you got to have a good you got to have a good life after all this. I thought it meant like live in the present. Yeah. Yeah, but live in the moment when you're there. Don't Hold on to your past, I think. You know, that's kind of like that. would be ironic for him to say. Yeah, I think 
history this and history that. Yeah. Well, he talks about history, but he doesn't like. Oh, what? Well, then again, yeah, he does talk. Hey, about I was him there. Yeah, in Carthage. I, yeah, I was in Carthage. I was here. I was a part of Napoleon's army. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was kind of weird there. I think one yeah. of the fascinating things even the Germans said too, going back to them, was yeah. uh, when they looked at Patton, they, um, they, they quoted him as saying, he was a man of uh, attack, never to dig in, or do, he would never dig in, uh, as in, never be on the defense. He was always a man of attack and always pushing forward, never stopping to consider, just always going forward. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, constantly. It might have been something like that, but that is pretty interesting. Uh, so, um, that's the movie. Yeah. That's Patton itself. And I thought it was interesting. I think it had... It, my final thought on the movie is that they could have cut a lot of things. And I think, you know, Kaz and I, we were talking and we were talking about, you know, maybe having another perspective. But also getting those diaries, you know, that... Yeah, yeah that would be yeah. different. Yeah, that would be here, but I would I would like to see a lot more action. I would have liked to see a lot less talking. You know, just sitting and talking in a room about what they just talked about. I'm like, is that sort okay. of the yeah. point? Like, I yeah. mean, is there a mixed? There's a mixed depiction of war. Like he yeah. is. This is glorious, and then the whole hey, here's vultures picking at carcasses. And, yeah. Uh, people scavenging the corpses for stuff or loot. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the thought. I mean, I would say this movie itself, it, I can understand why people like it. And I, growing up with the grandparent who was a World War, who served in World War II, I mean, Bob and I, we, we were talking over, over text at least, saying that this should be subtitled Your Grandfather's War Movie. Yes. <laughs> at least for our yeah. generation. Yeah, Great grandpa yeah. for, for you, yeah. But we're like, yeah. The same age anyway. Yeah. Well, at least how your family. Your family's a lot younger than ours. Well, yeah. Mm. That would be here. But there's nothing bad with it. Though. You know, it's just something like I could picture going over my grandfather's house and like he would either be watching a cowboy movie or a war movie. Same here. And he would probably like movies, He yeah. probably would have had this movie on oh, at one point. Yep. Like, oh yeah, oh Patton's here. Okay, good. Yeah. Mine would be somewhere between Pat and the Great Escape or Tora, Tora, Tora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with me, man. Yep. Same with me. Yeah. Tora, Tora, Tora. I've seen before. Yeah. So, um. Or John Wayne classic. I've yeah. Oh, God. I've guy. seen so many John Wayne movies. <laughs> My grandpa likes the cowboy Oh, God. I've seen so many of them. So, I think, you know, if you don't mind, guys, I'd like to wrap this up in tribute to the soldiers. Speech time. Yeah, so. Um, well, just imagine there's a giant American flag that's like <laughs> one star short. Yeah. Or two, or whatever it was. Two. You can oh, tell yeah, that there are yeah. even rows instead yeah. of staggered rows. Yeah. People so, compiled yeah. pictures from the past. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I think we'll wrap it here. So if you don't mind if I close this out, you okay with it? Feel free, Wait, go should, for it. Do you think there was a particular statement being made with the movie? Oh. Um, I think they just really wanted to, they wanted to do a great biography of Patton, and I think it was just really to show what type of person he was. The descriptions do say yeah. that it was controversial. I don't know much about him, but I yeah. would say it's, yeah, you get that idea. Yeah. You kind of, sometimes you like him, but sometimes yeah. you're like, you're an idiot, you're crazy, you're a jerk. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. I, there's yeah. a complicated... I guess, sir. That's actually a great way of describing Pat. Very yeah. complicated individual yeah. because yeah. depending on the perspective you're looking at him from, you can either look at him as a uh, compassionate war hero who's a man for all men uh, and served his country uh, very passionately, or you can look at him as a uh, egotistical, uh, self-manifested hero who wanted all the glory and fame and uh, everything deserved because he was brilliant, he was a genius, but um, he is uh, an amalgamation of those two things, and everybody will have their opinion, but ultimately you have to acknowledge that he was a brilliant gentleman. I respect yeah. him, I respect him. I watched this film multiple times, and each time I'm like, I, I really like this guy. I know yeah. there's parts of him that are, he goes way to the extreme, but I, I think there's something very sincere and passionate mm -hmm. about him, and I just have the, the utmost respect for him. 
a human being in a different country. By chance, are you talking just strictly based on the movie, or do you know anything about him historically? I, I don't, I just thought it would be. Well, my, my comments are purely based on what I saw in the film. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, I actually, I think maybe from the film, um, maybe he was actually kind of simple, but it's our feelings about him that are complicated. Well put. So. Yeah. Well put. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that impression, yeah. like he's got facets. I have facets thinking about, you know, that. Yeah. Whatever. Th things aren't black and white. Right. Okay, speechy time? Okay. Yeah, and we'll end it here. So, um, genuinely, before we go, uh, we have the bit of business that we want to say. And the day we mentioned we're recording this on Memorial Day. And um, here, you know, with the crew, we're here at Movie Theater Time Machine. We do this, and it's a privilege to do what we do. But we're remembering and we're thinking of every single soldier who has served. And no matter where you are or what you've done, please be aware that your service is treasured. For me, I grew up with cerebral palsy and I was unable to seek out a career in the armed forces. Although I admire what you've done and what you're doing. Because of you, we are free to live our lives full of adventure and free from terrible things, adversity, and, you know, and problems that may come up from any other place. Because of you, our beds are comfortable at night and we're peaceful. Because of you, we can handle our lives with free of care and problems. In your service, you've done what you've done not because you're asked to do so, but because it was needed. And for those who did not come home, we'll forever be in our hearts. Laying down your life so we can have something that we, uh, laying down your life so that we can live ours, is something that we don't go a day without remembering. Thank you is not enough, but a thank you is a start, my friends. So whether you were serving in Vietnam, Korea, World War II, Desert Storm, Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever you have been, whatever you've done, thank you. Take care of yourselves. As always, we send out. Be good. Take care. And my friends, thank you.